Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. This week, I was writing a very important email to somebody. And I almost sent a very embarrassing email to somebody. And thank God that I was using Grammarly because it caught the mistake. So let me tell you, whether you're communicating with your team online, whether you're working on a project, you're writing a book, you're writing a blog post, maybe you're writing an Instagram post, Grammarly is the digital writing tool that you can rely on to get your message across clearly and effectively. It works on so many different platforms, including Gmail, Google Docs, and Slack. And it's it's so much more than just catching spelling mistakes. It can help you write confidently no matter where you are. So it's the digital writing assist that helps more than 20 million people put their best words forward. So 
If someone's a great writer, you might have to wonder if they're using Grammarly. So signing up for Grammarly account is free and it gives you real-time spelling and grammar checks as you write. It works where you are so you can communicate clearly and confidently on every platform. So the coolest thing. So Grammarly Premium gives you advanced feedback on your tone, word choice, punctuation, and more. Here's what I love the most. When I was writing my book, my editor always said to me, say less. Say it in less words. Get your point across in less words. And that's exactly what Grammarly helps you with. So it has clarity suggestions. It's a feature that makes your sentences clear, concise, and crisp by cutting out unnecessary, unnecessary and redundant words along with overused words. I am so guilty of that. So Grammarly Premium helps you write like a pro with advanced real-time feedback. So I want to offer you 20% off if you go and sign up now. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com forward slash happy. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com forward slash happy. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com forward slash happy. I hope you guys try it. I think it's going to make your writing so much better. If you're wondering, like, how to use brand archetypes to give you clarity, first, if you can tap into your personal power, which is what archetypes are about, right? Your personal vision, and you feel connected to that, you will more powerfully express and confidently express why your brand matters to the people you want to help. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. This next guest is all about confidence. She knows that confidence comes from clarity and knowing what your brand and your message is all about. So you guys, you are going to get so much value out of this podcast. My guest is Jennifer Kim. She's a San Francisco Bay Area-based brand building and leadership expert who gets entrepreneurs seen, heard, and paid, that's a big one, for being themselves. She's the creator of the Master Brand Method. It's a framework to develop powerful brand archetypes. Let me just tell you, this blew my mind learning about brand archetypes. I have already taken the quiz that she offers for free in here. And my brand archetype is Hero. Tanya, you guys are going to want to listen to this podcast because it gave me so much insight that made me way more confident about everything that I'm doing. So she develops powerful brand archetypes that win customers' hearts, leveraging Jennifer's 20 years of corporate experience and her launching of multiple companies. So what she does is she uses the master brand method in strategic consulting for emerging entrepreneurs, celebrity brands like Oprah Winfrey Network and Steve Harvey and major corporations, including Verizon, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and Bank of Hawaii. 
What she's most passionate about in her work is her legacy project, FemFluence. It's a platform that supports women leaders to fully rise into their influence and affluence and make greater impact in the world. She serves up straight talk wrapped in love because she understands our challenges. So she became a millionaire at 32 only to lose it all. And now she is again a successful owner of a $3 million brand building business and mother of three children. Guys, you're not going to want to miss it because this has helped me in my business so much. I can't tell you how much I learn from every single guest on this podcast, especially for where I am right now. Jen Kem was like my perfect conversation. So what do you say we get started? Jennifer, I'm so excited for you to be on the show today. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm excited, Lori, to chat today. So we got connected through a mutual friend who I love, Jen Gottlieb. She's like, not only is she just obviously one of the most amazing humans in the world, but her whole business is connecting people and she can't help but do it in her life all the time. So... (laughs) She has a great name too. I can't can't lie about that. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. So good. She's just um, super connector. Yeah. And she is. She's literally like, she has connected me to so many epic people on this podcast. So thanks, girl. We're giving you a huge shout out. We love you. We Um, love you, Jen. (laughs) So you like have so many interesting things that you do. And I have so, so many questions because you're like the perfect fit for this podcast because you not only talk about confidence and strategy with brands, but that's what you do. You literally help people find their voice confidently to be able to speak, especially at a time with what we're going through right now, um, to get out there and to really get their message out into the world. So tell me how you got into doing what you're doing. Yeah. You know, gosh, I always tell people it's a long winding yarn. So I'll try to keep it as succinct as possible. Yes, because I, I also you. like to tell, <laughs> I, to, I always tell Lori people that I'm not a spring chicken, I'm a seasoned chicken. Mm. And so uh, I'm a good flavor on, I can put a lot of good flavor on a lot of things. Mm. Um, but basically I grew up in a very tiny town in Hawaii. And growing up, I felt like a complete fish out of water. I used to ask my mom a lot, you know, why did the aliens drop me down right here? Because <laughs> um, I didn't feel like I had anything in common with my, with my, with my other, the other people in my class. Oh, and I, I even resonate. when I, right. Yeah. And when I was in second grade, you know, when they, the teacher asks you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. That's kind of the question all the second graders get you know, all the boys had said, uh, oh, I want to be a police officer. I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a doctor. And all the girls said that they wanted to be teachers and nurses and moms. And my answer was, I want to be the general counsel of Coca-Cola International. That was my answer. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) How'd you even know what that was? Well, great question. Because that's always the second question. Well, okay. So my grandma, who is my biggest mentor in life, my grandma was a, is a first generation Filipino immigrant to the United States. Mm-hmm. And she, um, she understood I was a little different, right? I was definitely very curious, asking a lot of big questions, questioning even like everyday things that would happen around. And, and I'd question things on the news. And mm. she used to say to me, you know, I think that I can't really teach you that stuff. So why don't you read the newspaper mm. with me in the morning? And so that's really, I think, how I got the first inkling of that big 
uh, ambition of becoming the head a, a lawyer for the biggest company in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, she used to give me the business section, you know, wow. in first grade while she would have her Lipton tea and, and peanut butter toast. I would sit there and I would just read the headlines. And I remember seeing an article way back then about, I don't know, the head attorney for Coca-Cola was subjected to some type of investigation, which is funny because I didn't put two and two together that he was in trouble. All I put together that he was important. And so <laughs> with my big imagination, I, I decided that, and that was my answer. And the weird thing was, Lori, is that in second grade, I went to a Catholic school. My mom sent me to Catholic school because she really, like, again, she thought I was unique because I had all these weird, weird ideas. And uh, she thought I'd be good in Catholic school, which is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> But the nun, Sister Fatima, it was like the first time, even though I was in second grade, I got in big trouble. Like she thought I was acting up and she sent me in the back of the class. And I, I mean, I am, you know, I am a woman now, a grown woman now. And even right now talking about it, I can, I can still see that second grade Jen who felt so defeated that Mm. I thought I was really proud of myself by communicating who I thought I wanted to be very clearly. And instead I got in trouble for it. So it kind of, sows the seeds when people ask me, tell me about how you became a brand futurist and strategist. I didn't know back then what I would become, but I think it made me obsessed with why do people behave the way they behave? And really that's what branding is, is really figuring out what the audience you're trying to attract can feel about you and vice versa. It's like the synergistic relationship that can breed a lot of trust and loyalty over time if you can hit those notes. And Mm. it was that moment I always tied back to then. So basically grew up, went off to college, thought I was going to be a lawyer. I was still on that path, Lori. I was planning on being that, you know, head attorney for a company. I never had entrepreneurial dreams. That's the other thing people are a little surprised about because now I'm such a serial entrepreneur. I really wanted to be the head boss in a big company. Like Mm. that really was my trajectory. And what happened was um, I went to school in Silicon Valley uh, in the you know San Francisco Bay Area. And I realized that I was way more interested in advertising and marketing and how people behaved. Again, back to psychology mixed with business. I started getting really interested in that. And so I changed my... I decided not to go to law school. And that was a huge thing for me because I didn't... I thought for sure I was going to go to law school. And now I'm glad I didn't. So spent... 10 years in the corporate world thinking that's what I wanted, Lori. I you know, ascended to a division vice president of marketing and strategy for Verizon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left in 2006 because I got passed over for a promotion mm-hmm. that I had been promised by my male counterpart. And I want everyone to hear that like, I love him. We're really good friends still to this day. It wasn't his fault that he got promoted. But what I realized in that moment too was, oh, I have no control over my future. Mm. I thought I did by being smart and taking on all the crappy projects because that was what I got advice on from a a mentor early on who said, you know, if you want to get ahead, take projects no one wants. Mm. And um, I learned early on how to do things I didn't want to do so that I could get my goals. And and anyway, that happened in 2006 and I decided, hey, you know what? I don't, have future, I don't have a future in corporate because I was just too... I realized how stubborn I was. Like, oh, I really, I really like my own autonomy. Mm-hmm. And I realized that my values were not, was not actually ambition. Although I was an ambitious person, my highest value was autonomy. 
And that value had gotten violated by getting passed over for that promotion, even though I felt like I had earned it. And I decided I wanted to be happy. You know, I'm I'm sure that no pun intended, but I wanted to earn my happy, you know? Um, (laughs) And so I made a nine month plan secretly to exit my corporate job and start my own company. And Lori, I had no idea what I wanted to do because remember, I didn't know how to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know Mm -hmm. what it would take. All I knew was I didn't want to work for someone else anymore. And Mm -hmm. so I started a company in (laughs) underwear. Um, I didn't have a background in clothes. Yeah. I was like going on all these business trips and I would go to Dallas and we get off the plane back in Hawaii. I would notice that all the women had one hand carry in common and it was a pink striped bag that said Victoria's Secret on the Mm -hmm. side. And I realized again, because I'm a marketing person, I'm a brand, I can spot an opportunity. uh, And I I said, oh my God, that's it. Because in Hawaii, given that it's so geographically isolated, um, we didn't have a place to buy underwear. We'd have to go to Walmart. There wasn't even a Macy's in 2006 in Hawaii, if you can believe it. Uh, No Nordstrom, no Macy's. So you had to go to what we call the mainland, right? To to buy underwear. And I said, that's it. I'm going to buy, I'm going to open a little lingerie shop. And at the same time, Oprah Winfrey still had her show at the time. As I said, I'm a seasoned chicken. And she did this special on this up-and-coming upstart brand called Spanx and Sarah Blakely. And I was the first person to carry Spanx in Hawaii mm. in my little store. And within uh, 18 months, Lori, I was doing eight figures in business. I was opening new stores. It was wild. Like Wow. And so that's... That's kind of like, I'll take a stop there because that's really was the beginning of my entrepreneurial career. And then here I am now. <laughs> okay. I, number one, love all of that and love that you shared how I think that we forget sometimes we we take these like chapters of our life that are seem kind of off the wall from what we thought our life was going to be, yet it's such a pivotal part of a transition or a shift. Like, who knew you'd be selling underwear, but underwear was such a bridge to everything that you're awake to now that you're you're like obsessed with doing. And it's I think that we forget sometimes we get these downloads or these like, wait, that seems, is that a good idea? It seems like it's a great idea. I'm feeling like really called to it, but we ignore it because maybe we feel like it's a little like not in alignment with what we thought our life was going to be. So what do you, uh, like what, how do you help people listen to that path of like, yeah, this might seem like an off the wall idea, but I actually think it's exactly where you need to be. Mm-hmm. I always like to say that um, making a decision is the intersection of your intuition and your intellect. You mm-hmm. know, they're both, you know, um, I took the intellectual part of me, if you will, which was like what I knew, right. My skills, the, the things that I had learned in my uh, past career And in my case, I had that background of spotting winning ideas and launching them in the corporate world. Like that was my job for a living. So I consider that just pure expertise, you know? And then there was my intuition, which said, you know, is this the time to do it? And I don't think that there ever is really a great time to do anything. You just have to choose in. Mm -hmm. But for me in that moment, the, the opportunity presented itself through that what I call a violation of my values, right? When I got passed over for that promotion. And so I took both of those things and I applied. And I think that so many times it's very polarizing nowadays. You know, people either say, just listen to your gut completely or 
people say, think it out, be logical, you know? And I actually believe that that's why we have both the left and the right brain, right? Mm-hmm. To merge and meld and, and take some, sure, like have some rational thought put into the decisions you make. And at the same time, really feel into, is this the thing that I'm supposed to do next? Even if you don't know all the answers, because we, sh- we probably don't, we, we most likely don't have all the answers. But if it's like, look, I feel strongly this is it. Because you can't lose if you take a chance, right? You can only lose if you don't. So in my opinion, anyway. So my advice to people now is that I do have a natural affinity for spotting. I, people say Jen can smell the money. I can smell the money in an idea. And, and I was given that gift. So that's great. But I think you can do it by rationally going, is there a market for it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot, like, again, nobody would, I thought to myself, if nobody has an underwear store here, that was also a kind of an alert. Like, if how come no one has done it? Maybe it failed before. And so I did a little bit more digging and I just found out, no, just that was just one little industry that nobody cared about, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. at the time. Now, if you go to Hawaii, there's a lot of underwear stores, you know? I mean, certainly this is retail. Retail is kind of hard right now, but before the pandemic, you know, I was like the first mover. And so I, I, what I'll say is I think that a lot of times we get stuck. I bet a lot of your audience gets stuck oh, and yeah. overthinks. And I, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just learned that there's no such thing as perfect action. Mm-hmm. There's only, you know, trust your intellect and your intuition. And of the two, your intellect will try to fool you the most. So, because we're all smarty pants entrepreneurs, uh, and we wouldn't be, you wouldn't be pursuing this crazy path of entrepreneurship if you <laughs> didn't have a little bit of genius in you. And um, I, I do believe that it's all about trusting your intuition, but do some research. You know, um, great brand strategists and marketing people don't just do it off the fly; they plan and they research. And then they execute, right? And mm-hmm. so I would say that you need both. I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make is that they think by being entrepreneurs, even if they want to create a lifestyle business per se, that there's no planning or ritual or discipline in it. And actually, I believe that discipline and ritual and structure creates my freedom. And so I'll put that hard work in upfront so that I can reap the rewards again and again. And I think that's the part that people miss sometimes in the beginning because they think, great, I left my job or, you know, I don't want to be told what to do anymore. And I'm like, put some structure around it and it'll happen Mm -hmm. faster for you, you know? Oh my God, yes. Like, Mm -hmm. I think people forget that the power of like the routine they were in, even if it is, it was an, an office setting or whatever that looks like having a boss or whatnot, having someone else tell you what to do. My God, if you are not, if you have not talked to entrepreneurs before your entrepreneurship journey and you're like, wait a minute, nobody's telling me what to do. Like you have to be that person (laughs) who creates all of the discipline and structure. And like, are you really losing anything if you don't do the thing? Like you have to create those, like what happens if I don't do this thing? And you have to be really in touch with that, right? Like, oh my God. Yes, Lori. Because for example, like if you had a job before working for somebody in any industry, to your point, you would get in trouble, right? If you yeah. didn't do the thing you were supposed to do. So when you're on your own, it's even more important to be a leader of yourself. You know, even before you can lead others, 
entrepreneurship teaches how to lead yourself. If you're willing to be open and humble to the fact that you got to put some disciplines in because we could talk ourselves out of anything, you know, but Mm. also the results will show as well. Like I've never met anybody who doesn't do anything and makes money automatically. Uh, (laughs) Never heard of it unless they inherit it or something. But even then they don't seem very happy to me. Like (laughs) there's something very, uh, there's something sacred about, you know, putting that own uh, discipline in your life to create those results versus somebody putting them on you. And I think that, you know, back to it, how that ties back to brand strategy even is I think of brands, especially personal brands, you know, for entrepreneurs, it's all people follow brands that they believe are showcasing some level of structure, even if it's not rigid, mm-hmm. but they're, 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 uh, they see a commitment that the personal brand has made to showing up in a certain way, if that makes sense. And that's what mm-hmm. creates trust. And consistency, you see. So there is actually some discipline in the way you even show up, whatever that looks like, even if you're more comedic or you're more faith-based or you're, you know, whatever the kind of ethos of your brand is, there's actually a commitment you're making that your audience is buying into. And that's actually tied back to discipline and structure. So I don't think people connect the dots in that way, but that's actually how it works. Oh God, there are so many layers. I love that you're pointing that out. And my God, yes. <laughs> the first mm-hmm. few years of entrepreneurship, I was like, maybe I'm not made for this. And then, you know, I realized quickly <laughs> I was. I just needed to learn how to really discipline myself and not, you know, this is this is an interesting thing too. I'm sure you'll resonate with this or heard this, of course, with working with so many people. I went from like letting myself off the hook too easy to then like going super hard because I was like, well, Mm -hmm. if it's the case that I need to join the 5am club and work myself to the bone, like there are different ways of getting things done. And I had to learn like my entrepreneurship style. And while I do think it's important in the beginning to like, I, I haven't been able to find my balance without going to an extreme, whether that is right or wrong. It's just how my life has played out. It's kind of the lesson that I guess I'm here to teach. Um, And I think that can happen all the time with entrepreneurship, right? Like you go to an extreme and you're like, well, that didn't work. Yep. Have you seen that in your life? hundred percent. I mean, I have, you know, three kids and two dogs and a husband and of course my, my businesses. (laughs) And so I realized a long time ago that, that balance is just not a word that works for me, you know? And when I started accepting that, I love that you're bringing that up because that idea of balance actually felt like more pressure to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I found that I flowed best, uh, when I went in kind of like what I call cave woman mode, like, (laughs) you know, like don't talk to me for 10 days, Mm -hmm. get everything done, almost batch it. And then for the next 20 or 21 days, like I'm looking at a month, I actually could chill a bit. And I still, it's not that, uh, I'm out of what I call the initiation phase, which I think what you're talking, I call it the initiation yeah, phase. Totally. Right? In the beginning of entrepreneurship, you have to do things. Frankly, that idea of hustle is required. I, I, I really believe that. Like, mm-hmm. it, especially if you haven't hit what I call consistent six figures, you know, where you're actually paying yourself and mm-hmm. you can live off what you've done there is a lot of lift and, and anyone who tells you differently, I, I feel like is giving you a very muddy, uh, mm-hmm. outlook. Um, yep. that's my personal experience. And I teach people that it's really about, you got to get through the initiation phase. All of us go through it. 
right? It's like, at least the successful ones. It's easy to look at our lives and say, or our businesses and say, wow, like, look, you must be the most confident person or you must have, you got, must have the natural knack for entrepreneurship. And I'm like, maybe, but what I really think is that I was willing to do the initiation stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That other people weren't. And I love that you said it because whenever somebody tells me, you know, how do you find balance? I'm like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, therapy percent. helps, yeah. you know, <laughs> therapy has helped uh, and, and coaching, you know, the ability to talk it out and be okay with like, not everything's going to go the way I want. Like as a, you know, as a recovering control freak, that's, that's, uh, that's something that you have to get support for, uh, from, in my opinion. So I'm with you. I mean, I don't believe in balance. I believe in alignment Mm -hmm. and alignment to me looks like me being at peace with the trade-offs I have to make. Mm. That's it. You know, that's it. Yeah. I love that. Cause there's times when anything but hustle feels terrible to me because I'm clear I'm on a mission from, in my personal opinion, my life and my creator. And it's like, please don't tell me to stop in the abort mission in the middle of like the most important part. Like I will absolutely do that as soon as this piece is done. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, because there is a part of momentum, right? Like I always think about the like rocket ship breaking through the atmosphere. Like that's not the time to be like, you know what? You should, you're reaching that point where you need some rest, like just because Wednesday I chose rest. And you're like, no, I'm like needing to go full throttle right now. So I think it's going to look different for everyone. And like you said, it is really different after the initiation. Like there are certain things that you've learned or you have money for that you can create more of a balance or structure in your life that feels not as crazy, frantic, chaotic, or hustle like. But I, I, I've interviewed, hundreds of people now and literally have not heard one be like, you know, you kind of just need to make sure you take Wednesdays off and Friday nights. And it's just not, <laughs> just not how it worked. I love that. You're so, I'm so glad to see we're not alone. You know, it's always good to hear because even though also my own friends and, and whatnot, they tell the same thing. I always, it's, I think the people we teach or our audiences still believe there's some type of special secret door that you walk through that, you know, and it just, it's just not like that. I wish it was because then we would probably be starting up a hundred companies at a time because I love building companies. It, yes. It's exciting for me too, right? And I know that you're also, you create companies too. And once you start getting that taste of creation mm-hmm. um, and of even not just helping more people, which is obviously to me, well, for me, it's one of the greatest uh, outputs of being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm it's also like, it just feels really good to, you know, use fully the gifts that were bestowed upon me, you know? Uh, Uh, Yes. Right. Like fully, even though, and so I do think it's just, it's a little different when you really go all in. And I love what you said about throttling. Cause it is, it's really, I think entrepreneurship is a throttle. It's Mm -hmm. like, if you're feeling it, I'll work totally, I'll do an all nighter if I'm in it. And I don't feel any guilt, shame, or, you know, I only feel a little guilty if somebody says, oh, you have to work all night. I thought that you're like doing really well. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly why I'm doing well. (laughs) Right. It's like, oh my God, I'm in the flow. To me, that's what flow looks like. Flow doesn't look like, oh, let's just sit back and wait for it to happen. Flow is like, I create the flow and then the flow happens through Mm -hmm. momentum, as you said, you know? Mm. Amen. Oh my God. Love. Okay. Mm. So tell me about what a brand archetype is. 
Mm. So early in my career, you know, my first job uh, out of college was with Ogilvy and Mather, which is the biggest, you know, advertising agency in the world. In fact, all the copywriters in the world kind of follow Ogilvy's playbook, mm. even to this day. And so I was fortunate to be a junior copywriter, my first job out of college. And that's where I really credit the nucleus of my brand strategy and my method. Uh, because I learned, it's funny, I was a junior copywriter, but Lori, what that really meant is I ran copy runs for like the senior execs a lot. Yeah. But I got to be able to fly on the wall inside of their, their meetings. And oh, interestingly... Amazing. Right? <laughs> I would Inter- love that. <laughs> right. And here I was, this little 22-year-old, uh, hungry to learn human. And uh, it's funny because remember I said I wanted to be the general counsel of Coca-Cola. Well, interestingly, one of the first accounts that I got to listen in on was Coca-Cola versus Pepsi. <laughs> of course. And it um, <laughs> it's, awesome. it's weird, right? So it's all full circle, right? Some, it was there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, you know, this execs were, it's very passionate in these marketing rooms, you know? I mean, these were the days when you could like, they, they just got very passionate, let's put it that way. Kind of intimidating, really. And you could get away with a lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot of passion. And, <laughs> yes. And and they literally would do these um, role plays between the Pepsi guys versus the Coca-Cola guys. And they would talk about Pepsi's archetype versus Coca-Cola's archetype. You know, this was in the 90s. So you know, um, it was really, really interesting. And I learned at that time that Pepsi was a, um, a ruler archetype and Coca-Cola was a muse archetype. Mm. And it was from that point, I got really obsessed with what are they talking about here? And it was all based on Carl Jung's, uh, premise. If, you know, if, you know, psychotherapist Carl Jung, who also created, or is he's the kind of like, uh, the founder of the Myers-Briggs test, mm. um, that looks at, personality of people, right? And these ideas of how we are actually, um, we look at symbols and tropes to make decisions in the world. I got obsessed with this because I thought this is fascinating. And um, I took that early learning and I adapted it throughout my corporate career as I moved up the chain you know, to high-tech companies, my last one being Verizon. And I created this method called the Master Brand Method. And it's based on your, that, that there's a tree, there's a triad of archetypes that, uh, in, in the best way I can explain it is it seasons your messaging and seasons the way that your brand is seen in the world. And this mm-hmm. is true of whether if you're a personal brand or if you're actually building a brand, you know, let's say you're building a beverage brand or, you know, whatever, like, in fact, early in my career, my career was in mainly food. Um, mm-hmm. we had Nestle, Coca-Cola, you know, uh, Kellogg's were the accounts I got to work on early in my career. And then later it was high tech. So I have this kind of balance of seeing all kinds of different industries. And so the brand archetypes almost summarize the feeling that the brand wants to create inside of the marketplace Mm. and for the audience to connect with. And so brand archetypes aren't new. They weren't invented by me, but I did create a proprietary diagnostic that I feel works really well for entrepreneurs. Because when I decided after the lingerie business uh, that I uh, let go of uh, in 2008 and went back to consulting and training and services, which is now the company that I, I, I founded... I knew that entrepreneurs needed a little bit of a different take on how to use archetypes in their branding versus like a Starbucks or a Coca-Cola 
or a, you know, Tesla, you know, but there's a lot you can learn from their brand archetypes, translate them to the way entrepreneurs show up. And so I created this diagnostic called the archetype influence uh, mix. And it's that triad of archetypes that kind of makes you special. It's time to make ship happen. Yes, I said ship. You guys, in this ever-changing world, we are buying more stuff online than ever. And I'm telling you, this new delivery culture is the new wave and you need to be ready, especially if your business is like mine. Whether it's masterminds or events or my new company, I'm telling you, we are a shipping station. So whether you're selling online, getting a lot of orders out fast can be tough. How do you keep track of everything? Who should you use? Are you getting the best rates? That's the biggest one. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It is the fastest, easiest, and let's talk about the most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. You guys, it's just a few clips and you'll be managing your orders, printing out labels, and getting your product to happy customers. So ShipStation is going to make this so much easier for you. And I'm telling you, I love saving money on shipping costs. And number one, keeping customers happy. So no matter where you're selling, maybe it's Amazon, maybe you have an Etsy site, your own website, whatever that is, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. It makes it really easy to manage from any device. You guys, we could do this business from your cell phone. You can be managing all your shipping from your phone. How amazing is that? I am all about freedom in your business. So they work with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon fulfillment. So it's the number one choice of online sellers and you're going to see why. So let's talk about it right now because you're my listener and I love you and I want you to get the best rates. ShipStation, you'll get ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use offer code HAPPY, H-A-P-P-Y. Make sure your business is ready to meet the demands of this new delivery culture. So click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in HAPPY, H-A-P-P-Y. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter the offer code HAPPY. ShipStation.com. And the offer code is HAPPY. Let's make it happen, you guys. I can't wait for you to try this. And it's going to be so good to save that money. So many of you have decided this is the time in your life. This is the time in history when you are going to start that thing that you've wanted to do, or you're really going to start prioritizing what brings you joy. And I have to tell you, I have the perfect thing for you because Skillshare is an online learning community that has so many inspiring classes for people just like you who are ready to dive in to their curiosity, who are finally ready to take that time to do something that they really want to do or just something that they really enjoy, whether it's a new skill or to deepen existing passions or just get completely lost in creativity. So I love Skillshare because it offers me so many different things that I can learn for my life and for my business. So one of my favorite classes right now is the Productivity Masterclass. 
And it is principles and tools to boost your productivity taught by Ali Abdal. And I'm telling you, (laughs) I might seem productive to you on the outside, but I absolutely need all of the help that I can get. And I'm all about getting more free time. So the more productive I can be in the time that I'm wanting to be productive, I want all the hacks that I can possibly get. So I know that you have so many things that you're interested, whether it's things to move your business forward from learning about Instagram or learning about marketing or learning about how to write better. Skillshare has so many classes that are going to help you to be better in whatever you're doing. So Skillshare offers memberships with meaning with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. It empowers you to accomplish real growth. So you guys, right now, I've had so many of you tell me that you've signed up for this and you're obsessed with it. So if you haven't yet, I want you to go and check this out. You can get two free months of the premium membership at skillshare.com forward slash happy. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. So get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com forward slash happy. And that's two free months of unlimited access to all of their free classes at skillshare.com forward slash happy. I hope you go check it out because I am loving it. Okay. So I want to talk about confidence mixed in with this as well. But I would love if you would tell us like, what does that journey of finding out what your archetype for your brand is to show... Because this is all about showing up more powerfully and obviously creating clarity, which in my personal opinion are the two things that when you get clear and you feel powerful because of your clarity of knowing you know, how to confidently speak what you are and show up in the world, um, I think that's where confidence comes in is it comes from clarity. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about this because number one, I'm creating a beverage company. Number two, everyone who's listening pretty much has a personal brand or wants to start something right now. Epic. Uh, Well, okay. Perfect. Such a great tie-in question. So the more you know yourself as the founder, the better you are and you're going to have more confidence communicating that, right? Mm -hmm. Because one thing that about branding just overall, people think branding is more about the symbology, right? Or the logo or even the product itself. And yes, those are components of the brand. But the brand actually is more of an internal thing, interestingly, that people mm-hmm. don't realize. And that is, that's the, that's the vision of the founder, right? Mm-hmm. Think about Apple. You know, Steve Jobs is no longer on this earth, right? But his brand that he created, Apple, still lives on and probably will live on forever for a long, long, long time, right? Mm-hmm. And the, and so people always ask me like, so if I'm building for, for you, for example, I just heard that you're starting a beverage company. That's awesome. We got to definitely chat offline about that. <laughs> I'm so curious. I love mm-hmm. hearing, the, you know, what's up with that, um, is it's really still, no matter what the product is, it's still infused with the vision of the founder, right? If the founder even is no longer here or is no longer even the CEO, it's what the market falls in love with first is what the next guard, if you will, who takes on the brand needs to retain some of that magic. But also if they're transitioning it to another, what I call brand archetype style, they need to do it with the mindset that what got the brand successful to begin with is still there because people love history. They love legacy. And so that's how we behave when we buy. And so 
if you're wondering like how to use brand archetypes to give you clarity first, if you can tap into your personal power, which is what archetypes are about, right? Your personal vision. And you feel connected to that. You will more powerfully express and confidently express why your brand matters to the people you want to help. And so that's how the tie to confidence and the brand archetypes, because for example, I said that Coca-Cola is a muse archetype, which is basically called the innocent, which is interesting because you think of Coca-Cola and you're like, it kills you like it, it infects us with sugar. <laughs> well, yes, it does. But Coca-Cola got into the hearts and minds of people because it invented concepts like Santa Claus. I don't know if you know that, Lori, but Coca-Cola actually created Santa Claus. Like, I hope I'm not hurting anybody's dreams of like who still believe in Santa Claus. But yes. Coca-Cola actually created Santa Claus himself. Like they created this older white chubby gentleman uh, and they created him to have a good feeling time around Christmas, which was religious holiday, right? Mm-hmm. And they wanted to create another uh, another figurehead like Jesus. This is God on his truth. People don't realize this. And they were successful at doing that. And so if you look at Coca-Cola commercials, even today, they're advertising. It's all about tapping into nostalgia and memories and like what it was like when you were young. That's the muse archetype. But people think, oh, they're so dominant. So they must be like a ruler. I'm like, no, 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 that's Pepsi. Pepsi uses celebrities. They use, you know, things that are cool, pop culture, right? They do that on purpose to retain their status as a ruler archetype. And if you, as a solopreneur or a startup entrepreneur, if that's where you're at listening, notice how they're very confident being those archetypes. It can still be the same for you as the founder because they were founded by people and it, they retained that energy as you know the years have gone by. I hope that makes sense. Oh yeah, it totally makes sense. So is there a a quiz or how do you figure this out or do you choose one or is it one that just works with your personality or so if you're sitting here and maybe they have um you know maybe it's somebody starting a personal brand and they're like, well, you know, they can get caught into the entrepreneur idea of which one's more powerful. Tell me about how to be that one. How do you figure yeah. out what you are and what you'll be better at? Yeah. Oh my God. I love this. So first of all, I want to give you and your audience a really special gift. The Archetype Influence Mix. We sell it all day long, $250. It's a real psychological diagnostic. You guys, it's not some entertainment only quiz clickbait type of thing. Like it actually will take you about 15 minutes to do because it's a real psychological business uh, uh, quiz. So you can go to masterbrand.me forward slash happy, masterbrand.me forward slash happy, and we'll give you all three of your archetypes. And you'll see, you'll get full reports, kind of like horoscopes, but better um, because it's based on science and, and psychology. And you'll be able to see words, copywriting ideas that link to your specific dominant intrinsic and intuitive archetypes, which is the triad. And to answer your question, Lori, about which one's better, that's the other thing. There's no such thing as a better archetype. Like, for example, people think that the ruler and the alchemist archetypes, alchemist is like Tesla or Apple, if you can think of it that way. And then ruler is like, you know, Pepsi and Mercedes Benz or BMW, right? Uh, Don't think that those two are more important just because they look kind of, you know, ruler-esque. Mm-hmm. It's really about you owning your true archetype and that's what's going to create power, mm-hmm. not you trying to be another archetype. 
right? Mm -hmm. So I get that a lot where people are like, I'm going to take the test again because I don't believe I'm amused. Well, you know, the brand equity of Coca-Cola is one of the highest in the world. Whether you believe or support their brand doesn't matter. Globally, they're, they used to be the number one for the longest time. Now they're like top five. Brand equity means like the value of the brand itself in consumers' eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing for entrepreneurs, you have an opportunity to create, and they're a muse archetype, which if you just looked at it on the surface, you'd be like, that's the weakest archetype of all, right? Because it's the innocent. Mm. Actually, they've taken it all the way to the top with the way that they own it. So there's no such thing as one is better than the other. It's just the mix and how you use it and how you communicate what you do. Oh, I love that. There's Seriously, there's nothing more powerful than understanding yourself and your vision and how you show up to the projects that you're working on. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to do this one because I even just... Um, trying to think what I just did. Oh, human design. That was so, mm-hmm. it was so great. It wasn't like, oh, this is your future. It was like, this is, it was powerful knowing something that I already knew, just having it confirmed. Like, yes, yeah, it was yes. very, very powerful for me. So, and I just want to say one more thing, Lori, about that is, um, I know I just got into human design a bit too. And I was like, wow, this is wild. And also, it totally resonated with me too. <laughs> but for the brand archetype mix, just to, re, uh, to, when you take the quiz, Please take it from where you are now, not mm. where you wish you are. This is really important or you're not going to get results that truly align with who you really are. Make it about today, present moment, not the past or the future. Just today, what are my beliefs? Okay. Because okay? that's what it's really doing. And the reason for that is actually it will make you more powerful out of the gate. If you try to be something else... Yes. Right. And you just said it so perfectly. Uh, it's actually going to, you're going to start, you don't feel aligned and you don't even know why. Mm. And it's because it's not really who you are. It's somebody who you think you need to be to be successful. And that's not, that's not true. Oh my God. I love that. And just that alone, we could go off on a whole podcast on, on that. Like, who do I making decisions from who you think you need to be rather than mm. where you are, which can actually really stop us because we can lose our energy. Like, we don't have the energy for it or, or the yes. type of energy required for the decision that we made from this other place. Oh, I love that. So, oh my God. I love that. Yes. <laughs> So brand, okay, brand archetypes, you guys can go to masterbrand.me forward slash happy. I'm definitely going to be doing that. We will also link that up. Okay, so now on to confidence because you have a program right now called Confidently and you're Mm -hmm. obsessed with it. Why did you like... Okay, so you've been doing uh, brand archetypes this whole time and strategy and all of those things. And now confidence for you has become something that's been a huge topic right now. So what Mm -hmm. is that about? Well, I think the missing link between you know, uh, somebody who's quote unquote successful in their business and somebody who's struggling is frankly marketing. Mm. Like if we were just getting tactical about it, because to me, I have a very simple definition of marketing. Marketing is simply letting people know how you can help them. Mm. That's what marketing is to me. Right. I love that. Right. So easy. Yeah. And I was just Let saying, it. wait, have I told people how I can help them today? Hmm, maybe I didn't market enough. Right. <laughs> and so the reason Confidently came about, it, it honestly got born out of this time in the world. If you're listening in, we're recording this during the pandemic. We don't know when it's fully going to be through. But um, you know, I realized when I pulled our audience, you know, what's the thing that's you're really needing support with right now. And they literally said, most of them were like, I either have a problem with consistency of putting myself out there or I'm not confident 
with my message. And I, it goes back to what you said earlier, Lori, the clarity piece, right? That piece of who am I now? And we have in my audience, I have a lot of brick and mortar businesses that follow me because of my past of having, you know, my stores. And so they're obviously being very affected by the situation. And I said, you know, there's actually a simple way people overcomplicate funnels. They overcomplicate, um, you know, marketing. And I, I said, you know, honestly, it's really that you're, 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 you're letting people know how you can help them and confident in how you express that. And confidence to me is also not necessarily extroverted, right? In fact, something people don't realize about me is I'm actually quite introverted, but when I speak or when I teach, people think, oh my gosh, you're so confident. I said, you know what? I'm confident. I believe confidence comes from believing in what you do to help people. Mm. That's so you sound passionate because you are right. Like you're obsessed with it, but the things you're not obsessed with, you're, you're not going to be as vibrant around just generally speaking. Right. Um, and so I always say, if you're stuck, you have to ask yourself, why are you not vibrant about what you want to teach people or help people with? What is that? Cause that's the thing you have to unstick and that unstick how to get unstuck around that is to regain your confidence. And to me, that comes from one of two places. One, either you got to remember who you are. (laughs) So you got to get some people around you, right? Uh, Who will remind you and be a mirror for you and a stand for you that could look at coaching, therapy, friends, whatever, right? But the second thing you can do if you don't, uh, or the second thing you can do, it's an and thing, not an or thing, is show up consistently every single day. Mm. Um, and I, I like to akin that to, uh, stepping into your own personal entrepreneurial gym every day. You know, it's very difficult, difficult to get stronger, uh, to release unwanted fat to whatever in your life. If you don't step into the gym, right. In a consistent way, the same thing with your marketing, you have to show up every single day. You can systemize and automate some of that, but the messaging itself has to come from you. And so if I can help you become more confident in communicating that. So we do use the brand archetypes, Lori, inside of that, because that's your personal power. But then we also help you figure out who's your audience. Because I think we we don't... I have another uh, thing that I tell people that I think people say, oh, you know, I don't know what my niche is. And I say the niche is not a person and it's not a group of people. So people think of niches as like demographics or psychographics. My definition of niche is it's a problem you're trying to solve. Mm. So if marketing is how you help people and you're the niche you choose to market to is not the people, but the problem that needs to be solved, you'll never have a problem finding an audience. And so if you can get those two things together, you'll be more confident in your marketing, which means then you'll have more qualified people to come to you, then you'll make more sales. And then you'll start to, like we talked about earlier, you now have... I actually think people only need sales and marketing you know, until they're six figures. You need systems and you need some operational support, no doubt. But like, I hate when people say, I'll scale your business and you have nothing to scale. You got to have something to scale first before you can scale it, right? Mm. So you know, in order to scale something, you have to test a lot, which is marketing is a test of how much you're helping people. The results you get from marketing is the test that shows you if you're helping as many people as possible. And so that's what confidently is. And I, I figured out that that, to me, that was like, as I got curious about what was keeping people held back, uh, I really saw the opportunity to help them in this way. And it's really about marketing. Mm. 
So yeah, definitely solving those those issues. People don't even realize they think it's them. And it's mm-hmm. it's not. It's mm-hmm. like it it's it's the fact that we are trying to move forward and asking what's wrong with us when we actually don't have all of the info um needed to move forward. So we're mm-hmm. trying to move forward on like this pool of ideas that we have that feels confusing to us. And it's like, oh my God, I, I literally have been there so many times because I am a, um, I, I'm like an idea machine and mm. I can see so many different things tied to one idea that it's confusing. Um, if I can say one thing that I have done massively wrong and learned from, um, you know, grateful for, but also like, wow, this is where I'm going to fail is the fact that I'm not like, I will confuse my audience because. Mm. I feel, you know, one day I'm like, this is the message. And the next day I'm like, yeah, but this one's powerful too. And then, (laughs) you know, so I can like throw all of these different things at the wall. So what do you say to people who are... Because I find entrepreneurs are... A lot of times we can also be our own worst enemy in terms of like another idea or a different, you know, languaging that we want to use or whatever that looks like. So the consistency of like messaging, can you speak to me on that one? Uh, the curse of the multi-passionate. Yes. 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 We are all, um, uh, me too. Let's just, <laughs> I just want to acknowledge. In fact, every day when I take a shower, I'm semi-mad at God because I go, <laughs> God, why did you give me all these downloads? I can't do everything with it, you know? Um, yep. And so <laughs> I, I'm like, God, thank you. And oh God, who, I need to give these away because <laughs> yeah. I don't know how, what to do with them. And mm. so my answer to that is, Back to, you know, it's true that great brands create loyalty through consistency, right? And so that can freak us out because to your point, oh God, I don't want to look like a flake or that I have this different message. And you know, the best way to couch that is actually just announce that upfront. Every time, let's say you do a live stream or you write a blog post or you're doing a launch. One of the things that I do as a multi-passionate entrepreneur because you know, one day I'll talk about marketing, and the other day, another day I'll talk about sales. And so, interestingly, I I thought I find out that people think they're different. And I'm like, actually, to me, they're not that different, mm-hmm. right? So what I realized is I have to just give context to everything I do. So meaning, like, hey guys, so for this period and season of my life, these are the things I'm obsessed with right now. And so you're going to hear me talk about X, Y, and Z. And sometimes I'm going to talk more about Y than Z because I'm focused on really helping more people with Y. Mm. But you can just, what you can bet on is I will be talking about those three things. I think too many times we don't give that context. So then we think we're flaky. But actually, if we just let people know, I'm actually interested in three really big things this this next season. So you'll be hearing from all of it. Like for you, it might be like the beverage company, obviously your podcast and the other things that you do, Lori, you know, but it's, I think too many times people don't let people know, oh, I'm going to be doing three different things these next season. They, they, they choose to kind of withhold because they think, then you're also told you should only you know launch like one thing at a time. And I always say it is actually hard to launch a lot of things at once. Mm-hmm. But if you're letting people know what you're up to, they trust the uncertainty, mm. right? So then you can trust your uncertainty. If if you're worried that your audience is thinking you're flake, it's more about letting them know. Guess what? Figuring this out as I go, you know, mm-hmm. and be willing to what I call like. I let my audience know all the time. I said, I just want you to know, even if it looks to you 
polished, to me, I feel like I've put out a fugly first draft to you. And I feel horrible about it sometimes. I feel like that was fugly to you, you know? And I, for me, it was. It wasn't yeah. good enough. But for your audience, you're surprised at how they are delighted or they can't believe that, you know, you created that. So just trust that is how I would, it's easier said than done, but I feel you. I'm the same way. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. A blessing and a curse. Um, yes. More a blessing if we can figure out what to do with it when it comes in, right? Like, is this for 100%. me or not? Okay, let's shelf yes. that. All right. Um, okay, so let's talk uh, to kind of the... Uh, maybe things that people aren't saying about what lack of confidence can come from, especially as if you are becoming a personal brand uh, because this... Uh, your program confidently. I want to see if it speaks to this because I know this is a lot of people as well. Um, maybe they're afraid of... Um, let's see. I'm just going to go down a list of of things that I hear all the time and things that I have experienced. Uh, afraid of feeling like a total fraud. Like, oh my gosh, should I be talking about this topic? I'm not necessarily a professional yet I'm or I'm starting to teach people on entrepreneurship. I, do I really have enough experience. Oh my goodness, I have these things I'm not proud of in my past. Maybe I, you know, did X Y and Z. I'm afraid for this to come out. Um, you know, I have something that maybe I have a bankruptcy or maybe I don't think that I I don't have my life cleaned up yet. Um, my god, this relationship over here is not good like not being the person mm. yet. Let's speak to that which is keeping Ooh. so many women from being confident. So good. So good. Um, so I have a little framework that um, if you're listening in right now, you can think about when you are wondering what stories and solutions to offer. Okay. Because ultimately that's what we're doing, right? Is right. like we're telling stories and we're offering a solution. And they're called approachability stories and authority stories, right? Mm. And so authority stories are the expertise you have in what you do. And don't get overwhelmed or intimidated by that word. I'm going to define it a little bit more in just a second, but it's your expertise is your, is your, uh, um, your authority, right? Mm. And then there's your approachability stories, which is your experiences. Experience is different than expertise. Okay. Experience is your life stuff, um, things that have happened to you. And so great personal brands tell great approachability stories and tell great authority stories. Okay. Mm. And so people love our mess. First of all, that's what I need you to get. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No mess, no messenger. Right. So people love our mess. Now what's important, which I see is a big mistake people make, and I will call it a mistake is that people think that they need to be transparent instead of authentic. They're different too. There's transparency is not authenticity. Authenticity is telling the truth with a strategy in mind of how you're going to offer your solution. It doesn't mean withholding necessarily. It just means that you know you don't have to tell everybody everything. I don't believe in that at all. Um, I think it's actually what totally can make people go, is she trustworthy? Because she's just telling me all the things. Like It feels like they're watching a drama party. And by the way, it doesn't mean don't show your mess. But it means like, oh, every day you're telling me about fighting with your husband or whatever it is. And is that relevant to, well, gosh, I'd be weird if you were like a relationship expert, if you weren't talking about how your husband and you were getting through it, right? Mm -hmm. Now that's an example of creating a bridge, I call it. Like if you and your husband are going through a tough patch and you're a relationship coach, for example, right? 
Yeah. That would be weird if you didn't fight with your husband sometimes. I think people who don't like get into some type of conflict are probably unhappy people because conflict actually <laughs> creates opportunity. And, um, and so anyway, I think that the biggest problem is people get confused between transparency and authenticity. And authenticity to me is not transparency. Authenticity is a mix of your approachability and authority stories. Mm-hmm. So what I tell people is list at least seven approachability stories. Like I gave you one at the top of this podcast. I talked about, I grew up in this little tiny town where I didn't feel like anybody understood me. That's an example of an approachability story. So it's not about the audience all have grown up in a tiny town. It's the part where it's like, oh, I felt like a fish out of water where I grew up, right? That's the connection point, right? Mm -hmm. On the authority side, I talked about how um, I became a brand strategist because I worked for one of the biggest brand company, you know, uh, advertising companies in the world. That's an example of one of my authority stories, right? So when you're telling your stories and offering your solutions and you're worried about imposter syndrome or, you know, comparitis or all the things that have, you know, in today's world, it really messes with your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I always tell people, if you don't have, for example, any customer, I mean, the customers yet, right? Let's say you're a coach and you want to be a relationship coach and you don't have any, or you've been divorced, which I have. I've been divorced. I had to claim bankruptcy. I lost my house in 2008 because even though I had an eight-figure business, I lost everything in the recession of 2008. That's exactly why during this pandemic, I am uniquely qualified to teach people how to get through it because it's not the same thing. But I learned the best lesson in life by losing my marriage and losing my business and losing my house at the time to never let that happen again to me. Right. And that's why I'm so financially stable now, very proudly so, because I lost my behind you know, 12 years ago. And so now I can stand on that story instead of being in it. And I think that's the other problem is people are in their story instead of standing on it and proud of it and how it bridges to the solution that they're offering. Um, People want to see that you're standing on it, that you're not in it still, because if you're in it, then it's hard to teach a solution, right? Um, And then finally, just another point is you know, when you, when you are like worried about, you don't have a client back to that. I always tell people then go through the initiation phase of getting five people and do it for free for a month or two, right? Meaning like get people through, earn that authority is my point, right? Earn that testimonial. There are different currencies and they don't just look like dirty green paper. Okay. They are I mean, a testimonial is worth more than a hundred bucks because it gets to be replicated time and time and time. So if you're worried that you're not qualified to do what you do, that's a mindset thing. Because if you really wanted to help more people, you would do what you would do without getting paid for it. So you might as well for like five people get the awesome results for them. Like, Like go all the way in with them. And then get those results and make that now the new foundation you stand your brand on, you know, but too many times it's like, it's how, how do you get a client without having experience? I don't know. Like I've never heard of that. Even me, when I started my training and development company, which is Master Brand Institute, I took on 20 clients for 90 days just to prove my method. Mm-hmm. And I did it gleefully and happily and did it with discipline. And then from those 20 is now 2000 plus people who have taken our programs, you know, in the past four years. And so that's what I think people are missing, Lori. Mm. I did the same thing, girl. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think you can get through without what you just all taught on here. And it's so powerful. So, well... I'm not done with my questions, but our time is up. So (laughs) um, I just want to thank you for all of this incredible information. It is so layered. Um, You have so many different things that you can teach on, yet I really feel like it really is all speaking to um, what you are doing right now with your program uh, confidently. And if you can teach us or teach us, (laughs) share with us where we can go to find that and go through that, um, I would love to hear. Oh my gosh, I'd love to. You can go to confidently.me. It's that simple. And you can see how to basically become a well-paid expert with your with the right mindset and skill set of a marketer. And so it's really easy, confidently.me. And we'd love to invite you over there. Amazing, Jennifer. I'm so grateful for you. And you guys, if you loved this podcast and this episode, the biggest thing that you could possibly do for our guest, because she just took one hour for free and gave you amazing information and coaching, the biggest gift you could give is to tag her and tag myself and let her know what your biggest takeaway was from this podcast. Share, 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 you guys. It is such a gift and you never know who you are gifting with all of this info as well. So until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone 
own number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. 
I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers use this and now their smart ai platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com that's k-a-j-a-b-i.com